Welcome to Things to Know. I'm Luca, and on this show, we talk to the people who make the Thingdoms what it is. Today, we're talking to a Twitter, Discord, and Thingdoms legend, none other than DJ. DJ works tirelessly as one of our Discord moderators to keep our community safe from hackers and scammers, as well as to answer any of our community members' important questions. DJ truly plays a critical role in our community's ecosystem. I hope you enjoy this interview, and more importantly, I hope you learn something. Thanks for coming on today. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? So I'm DJ, um, your average standard Ohio boy. If you can picture what that looks like, that's me. Um, I'm 30 years old. Um, yeah. That's that's about the general rundown. Very nice. So you grew up in Ohio. Do you like Ohio? Is it a fun place to live? Um, I think it's probably your most standard state. We got everything. Um, I think we're even sort of a, if you were to take the whole entire country and put it into one state, like the southern half of the state is very southern acting. Um, the northern state, the northern part of the state's very industrial. Like the center of the state is very agricultural. So it's it's kind of the entire country, like in one state, to a point. So it's the average, the central. <laughs> very very much so. Yeah yeah. Um, very forgettable, but um, there's. Um, I think when I meet people, that know people from Ohio, one thing they seem to think about us is that we are. I guess go out of our way to be nice type of people. I'm not sure what the word for that is. Um, and it's something that they maybe assume about us beforehand, but we are very polite for the most part. Um, yeah, that's Ohio. Do you have a favorite person from Ohio? Like a, a favorite Ohio celebrity? Favorite person from Ohio. There's a lot. Um, hmm. Gosh. Well, okay. So, um, I'm a Browns fan, Ohio. Bernie Kosar, the quarterback, is from the city that I grew up in, so he's sort of a local hero. Um, Jim Trestle, the coach of Ohio State, who sort of took them out of mediocrity, he is also from the town that I'm from. So not even just Ohio people, but local. Yeah, we got some roots here. Let's pivot a little. Tell me about how you found crypto. Who? Um, hmm. So, I mean... I had, you know, sort of just passively been following it as a mid twenties, uh, <laughs> guy, you know, sort of my demographic that I should have been following it, but, but really, really didn't get into it until, until NFTs. Um, I, and I had some friends on the outside, um, saying, whatever you think about crypto, Ethereum's different, there's utility to it and, and all that. Um, so, so I really wasn't a crypto investor. Um, um, more so just, just buying indexes and stocks a little bit. So I sort of had some, some idea of how to play around with finances. Um, but yeah. So NFTs are what got you into it. What about NFTs resonated with you versus DeFi or normal tokens? Um, good question. I love to collect things. 
So, I mean, I've got like a huge, like a lot of video game collectibles in my room, too many for a 30 year old. Um, <laughs> so there, there was some aspect of that. I was a, I was a sports card collector growing up. Um, so yeah, there was just sort of the idea of, you know, finding, finding things that were unique among, among commons that I, that I found attractive. So it's about collectability, a lot like sports cards. Yeah. Were you ever interested in NBA Top Shot or the new UFC project? I I did the top. So Top Shot would be my first um, sort of foray into NFTs, I guess. But it, it really didn't grab me. I'm, um, NBA is not really my favorite sport. So, you know, there wasn't really that attachment to whatever it was that I was collecting outside of maybe it's rarity or, or anything like that. Um, but that, but I, you, I guess you could say that that was sort of my, my first exposure to, um, I suppose that's blockchain and all that. I feel like it's relatively easy to draw the connection between sport moments based NFTs like those and sports collectibles like trading cards for projects like Thingdoms that are based around art and community. It can be a little bit harder and they seem a little bit different. What drew you to art-based projects like Thingdoms? Hmm. Well, so even outside of sports, I mean, I'm a like I I play Magic: The Gathering, um, so I have sort of those nerdy style collectible cards as well. Um, and even just outside of cards, I mean, just towards like the video game sort of collectibles that I've had and have enjoyed the culture surrounding that my entire life. Um, I've never really considered myself an art person or an art collector. So even, even getting into this space has more opened me up to um, having an eye for art, maybe that I didn't even think that I had. And I'm sure if you play games like Magic, the utility aspect of Thingdoms and the fact that it'll be gamified to an extent must be a part of that appeal as well. Sure. I, um, yeah, I mean, I don't even think NFTs have scratched the surface of what they can do game-wise. Um, so yeah, super interesting, especially with someone like Scott on the team who's smarter than I'll be in my dreams of, of just what he can figure out. Um, yeah, I mean, when people say we're early, like I think we're super early in the way that, that, that these things can be played around with and... Um, yeah, bring in what are already sort of traditional game mechanics on tabletop or or whatever, and um, yeah, implement that into NFTs. I 100% agree. I think it's one of the more interesting and easy to understand use cases for NFTs, so I'm really excited about them as well. Let's dive mm -hmm. into Thingdoms a little bit more. How did you find Thingdoms? What was your process getting involved with it? So I knew Luke um, from Subdux which is a story you'll probably hear from a lot of the people that are either mods or on the team, because that's how I met everybody. Um, I met Scott through Subducts. I met B-Love through Subducts, Scrappy, E-Man. Um, so yeah, Luke was sort of a pillar of Subducts. Um, still is revered. You can find his duck on the Subduck website. Um, as for personal conversations with Luke, I don't think we had our first like one-on-one -on -one conversation until about October whenever doodles minted because me and him uh, both minted doodles um, and we were sort of just sharing just the hype behind how big of a project that was. Um, yeah. And um, 
Luke actually when he first before he when he first started Thingdoms and uh the Discord was called like Untitled Zero 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 or something. Um so I had been in the Discord, you know, uh <laughs> drug it to the bottom of my Discord browser because I didn't know what it was. I mean it was just empty. And then I think one of the first things he ever put out was like the picture of the two eyes on Twitter. It, but I think before he even changed the name to Thingdoms and it was like, oh okay, uh like this is actually a project um there's actually like art to this because yeah before that i mean really no information and so they put out these eyes you've been added to the discord server already are you immediately engaged or did it take you a while to get deep into it because now you're a central part of the community was it always like that um <clears throat> yeah so there was also the aspect of um there was a feeling of i guess camaraderie and subducts where anyone that was putting out a project i was going to go support them um, you know, not knowing that Thingdoms was going to be as big as it was, I, you know, you sort of feel like sometimes maybe you have that obligation, uh, to people or obligation is probably not the right word, but that you want to be there to support the people in the community's projects. So that was part of it. Just, yeah, just, just wanting to be here because he was doing something ambitious. And, um, so yeah, um, I think I, I think the first time I posted in the discord was at, was once he put the name up. And just came in to say, okay, like, what the heck is this? What the heck are thingdoms? What does this mean? I totally empathize with that desire to support others in the community. I feel like that support is a very pivotal part of thingdoms. And it sounds like it's also a very pivotal part of the subduck community, which shouldn't really be a surprise given their overlap. So one day you're posting in the Discord for the first time. And now a couple months later, you're a mod. What happened in between then and now? <clears throat> Yeah, so that that might even be a question for Luke because, um, so coming up to the so I actually bought a one of one from Luke that I've had for several months before Thingdom started. Um, so I also have that as part of the, um, I guess, supporting people within Subducts. But not long after I bought that, he started uh, DMing me on Twitter and just kind of asking me like, very vague and just vague questions about launching projects of, you know, what do you think uh, an average mint price should be? What, what is a good day of the week to launch a time of day? Just, just sort of these, yeah, very vague questions. Um, and then he started leaking me trait photos and just a whole bunch of stuff. And so, so I had some sort of outside, I guess, input into the project before it launched, however much he actually took that input. I'm, I'm not actually sure. But, um, and then, yeah, we started getting close to launch. Um, I, he, he was letting me invite friends in because for, for buying that one of one, he gave me an invite link to, to give out to some people. So I got my brother in and a few other friends and saw they were having a good time. And at, at some point I just told him like, Hey man, you've been reaching out about this. If you need more help, like I'm, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> like, let's go. I'm here. Uh, so Yeah. That's a very cool story. For people that don't know, can you talk a little bit about what a moderator does? What does your day-to-day -day look like? Um, hmm. Keeping a watchful eye for scammers. And I'll, you know, I don't know if he'll hear this, but I'll give a shout out to uh, Marklar in Subducks because he could always suss out these, suss out people that might look to scam you in ways that you didn't even really know that that's what their intentions were. Um, so, so that, that's one thing that I look for, especially on the dance floor, people who aren't holders who might be asking questions about other 
projects or something. Um, you know, so, and sometimes they'll even do that just to get your attention to something that could be nefarious, especially when they're not a holder coming to your chat to talk. So, so that's one thing I look for. Other than that, it's a lot more mundane. It's answering the same questions and support tickets over and over, helping people get their wallets connected. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. I'm sure it's annoying to have to answer repetitive questions. But is it also fun to be able to connect with so many different members of the community in the process of acting as a mod? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Thingdoms has a has a special community. Um, I know bag holders all over will say that wherever they are, but but it's already become something of a tight knit community where where I recognize, and I'm sure everybody else recognizes the same names and faces each day when they log in. Um, so yeah. It, it becomes more fun as it goes um, and you start to build build relationships with people um, and yeah I mean it's it's also cool having sort of that little mod badge that uh, that people tag for for things and um, making sure I'm available to to try to help out let's talk a little bit about communities in the future of nfts we talked a little bit about the gaming side and converting traditional gaming into the NFT world and enabling ownership. Where else do you see NFTs going? What else do you find interesting? Just tell me about your 10 year vision. That's the billion dollar question. Um, I think the people that are next, I th so I've, next, I think there's going to be a wave of onboarding and it's going to be people that are just like us, but that aren't in um, like our friends and, and people that are aware and I think that's going to grow. I think that's going to grow the space in a good way. I think there's a lot of people that are playing video games at, like in these live service models that are used to ripping packs on Madden or FIFA or um, or, or whatever. Um, and I think that I think they're the next ones that something's going to click for them, where they're going to say, "Wow, I've spent a thousand dollars on Fortnite skins," and. Um, and now a game can implement them, and and I still think that video game part is, um, is pretty far off, not, not ten years down the road. I don't think, but I mean, I don't think it's you know, in Madden twenty three or whatever the next one is. Like I I don't think it's next year, um, but but I think stuff like that's coming. Do you think that the innovation and thought leadership around NFTs and gaming is going to come from the entrenched gaming giants or the Web three developers and creators that exist today? Mm, I think a little bit of both because I think the only resistance that's going to come is, is when you see sort of the right click savers or the, or, or people on, on Twitter that have legitimate issues with NFTs. And a lot of them are within the gaming community that just sort of maybe haven't seen it right. And maybe never will. I, I think that's, I think there is going to be resistance from a lot of that section for a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit of both because I think the companies are going to see dollar signs. I mean, ultimately, that's really all they care about. I don't think they care about starting a movement or or anything like that necessarily. Um, but yeah. I agree, but I, I do think that Web3 developers have an interesting advantage in that they have a community that is engaged, trust them, and will put up with some of the early stage bugs of the technology. Whereas I feel like a lot of gamers have a pre-existing prejudice against gaming companies since they have a track record of pushing monetization under the guise of innovation. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Do you think that experience of ripping a Madden pack and opening the cards and knowing that you own them and can sell them when you like 
is enough to overcome that prejudice? Um, I suppose it depends on how it's done. Um, if, if there's a, if there's a proof of concept that comes from it, where people are actually seeing value after they do that, then yeah, then I think people are going to love it and they're going to, they're going to want to maybe even do it more than they've been doing it. Um, but I mean, if it just turns out to be, you know, the same thing and, and what they're ripping ends up being worth pennies on the dollar or, um, you know, and for some people it obviously will be, but if there's just not a return to the community, if, if, if the, um, the proposition of how much you're spending just doesn't have the, that type of return, then, then no. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you'd like to connect with DJ, you can find them on Twitter at D33J4YX. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can also find me on Twitter at It's Luca WM. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to DJ for joining us today, but also for the work they continue to do for our community day in and day out. And as always, I'd like to extend a massive and heartfelt thank you to this entire community. Without your support, none of this would be possible. If you think you know someone that should be featured on this show, DM me on Twitter or on our Discord. I'd love to hear your recommendations. Do good things. Stay thingy, and I'll see you next week.